The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. So welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show, as you know, produced by Darren Ball, who'll be joining us later. Last year, going back to last year in show 24, if you care to look it up, we spoke about the massive change from individual evolution to collective evolution. And that's a great phrase, collective evolution. And it's a real new age key, as we discussed, based on uh, the teachings of Mars Sector 6. Because in the seventh freedom, Mars 66 tells us that it's no longer possible to transmigrate back to God. We've been given a far more complete and different concept of transmutation. Not the one understood, I have to say, by even mystics of old, a much vaster concept, a much more all-encompassing one. And as Dr. King, who was himself staggered by this change, revealed, even a galaxy cannot return individually to God, but must return as part of the whole. To put it bluntly, it would have to wait for lower life forms to be also ready for the return. Collective evolution. And the only way to express that collective evolution, the only logical outcome of that realization is service. So we're going to look at now the third freedom, which as regular listeners will know, is service. And we're going to listen to the opening words of the third freedom, which was delivered by the great Lord Mars Sector 6 through Dr. George King. So thank you, Darren. This is Mars Sector 6. From satellite number three, now in orbit Neptune, the third of freedom will be a service. A freedom from a selfishness is a service. In these days, there is much a service which is vitally important uh, to a terror. There are few uh, servers 
A service is a a culmination of experiences which uh, denote uh, the server as being on the ladder of evolution, uh, firmly on this ladder. Freedom from selfishness is service. A very simple thought, an absolutely wonderful thought, because if you think about it, selfishness is a great limitation. It ties us down. It means we are, it, it's the cause of frustrations. It's the cause of unfulfilled desires. It's the cause of fulfilled desires, which really don't help us in the end anyway. And it's an extraordinary thing that even on the spiritual path, there can be selfishness. It can creep in if you let it, unless you're very careful. There's a wonderful little book, actually, which is recommended by Dr. King in his very first note in The Nine Freedoms, after the first freedom. And it's called Light on the Path. Some of you may know it. It's channeled by the master Hilarion through the medium Mabel Collins, and it was published by the Theosophical Society. And it makes that point very clear, that wrong motives can creep into all of us, especially if, like me, you're below the adept stage. And we all have to be careful of that. And at the root of all these wrong motives, you're going to find selfishness. Now, let me be clear. This doesn't mean you shouldn't serve until you're sure that your motives are 100% pure, because if you waited for that, you would probably never give service ever. Uh, but I don't think, and I've said this before on the Spiritual Freedom Show, that a tragic victim of an earthquake lying under a, a pile of rubble, desperately wanting to be rescued, uh, at the rubble of a collapsed building, who gets rescued by a charity worker, minds if that charity's worker's effort is paid for by someone who might be at least partly motivated by the desire to get a knighthood or some other honour from some state, they've still given the money to charity. And as a result of their donation, someone's life has been saved and it still stands as a wonderful act of service, whether or not they get any recognition for it. If someone happens to be a very highly paid surgeon of great skill and proficiency who's transforming the lives of his or her patients, it doesn't really matter to those patients how much that person is motivated to serve and how much of their motivation is to earn more money than they really even need. But it's still an act of service and it can be a very great life-saving act of service and one could go on giving many other examples but in the end though all of our motives will need as we evolve to be purified we don't wait for that but the transmutation will gradually take place if we continue in service so that not one ounce of selfishness is left in any workplace, you can have a person who's clever enough to know the minimum they have to do to get by and still get paid. 
but you can have another person who goes and, and I've seen this over and over again and I'm sure many listeners have who goes way beyond the minimum they have to do not because it will advance their career or bring them more money because it won't but because they want to serve that's assuming their work is for the betterment of others and from that freedom Mars Sector 6 tells us comes evolution collective evolution and Dr. King goes further in his commentary in the book and he says, one cannot be evolving unless one is serving. You can't evolve unless you serve. Very simple, typically blunt. Uh, with Dr. King, you get the absolute truth without any honey poured over it. And he actually, I'll give you an example of something he said, and I think we'll close this section with these words, which come from a book called A Cosmic Message of Divine Opportunity. These are the words of Dr. King. If ever there was a time of opportunity in your countless lives upon earth, that time is the present. If ever there was a time when you could do some lasting good for yourself and humanity, that time is the present. And you have time to do it. You have time to attend your church without failing once. You have time to heal. You have time to pray as never before. You have time to occasionally go into the silence. You have time to come out of the silence inspired and fortified. The words of Dr. King. And of course, by church, you could also say synagogue. You could say temple. You could say any place of religious worship where service is given, providing service is given there and truth is taught. And of course, you might not be religious at all, but you can apply these self-same principles to, to work, life-saving work, charitable work of all kinds. You cannot evolve without serving. Well, I'm going to bring Darren in now. I think that's pretty forthright stuff there, don't you, Darren, from Dr. King? Oh, I must say, yeah, I do love that line from Dr. King, one cannot be evolving unless one is serving. It's, uh, as you say, straight to the point, not coated in honey whatsoever. And I think um, you've also given us a great takeaway there about the importance of just getting on with service. You know, we don't need to, we don't need to think, we don't need to overcomplicate it yes. um, at all. Um, no. We don't need to think, you know, too too deeply, second guess our motive too much. I mean, at the end of the day, as you say, it's really about the result and the outcome that we're able to um, help create for somebody else. Absolutely. And your motive will, you know, you don't have to worry about it, as you say, because as you continue to serve, it will gradually become more and more perfect until it's the really only reason that you're doing these acts. And you'll have moments of complete purity and moments where it can be tarnished by this and that, but it will get transmuted. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's a certain beauty in that process, isn't there? I really, Absolutely. So. There is. It's called evolution, so Darren. <laughs> yeah. uh, so for listeners tuning in for the first time the nine freedoms is a series of profound spiritual teachings given by an advanced extraterrestrial intelligence known as mars sector six you can find out more about the nine freedoms and how they were given at ethereus.org that's a-e-t-h-e-r-i-u-s.org and of course richard and i really do appreciate hearing from everybody who's listening especially your questions and your experiences I pick out something for every show. So if you haven't written to us before, do drop us a line at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk with any of your questions, comments, or experiences that you'd like to share. This week, Richard, we have an uh, interesting question related to nuclear experimentation and other dimensions. Oh, yeah. And this is from someone who's been, uh, well, they've told me they've been watching a number of shows on TV about UFOs and aliens, and in particular, 
about UFO activity around military sites since mm-hmm. 1947. So she says, has Dr. King in his channeling ever referred to any effect in other dimensions that we may have had by splitting the atom? Absolutely spot on. What a great question. In fact, Dr. King pioneered that concept. And um, there's lots of evidence. We have some of the things Dr. King said uh, about the genetic effects, the uh, dangers of uncontrolled radioactive release into the ethers, not just physically. Um, this is because there are seven octaves. It does operate on many different levels. And it can be translated on those levels as well as the physical level and it can uh, manifest uh, throughout. And he also goes on to advocate purification practices like the violet flame practice, which has been taught on a few occasions on the Spiritual Freedom Show, the practice of the presence, uh, visualization of white light. Those are all things that will help to transmute these etheric effects, which definitely exist. Uh, I think he was the first to say it, and this would be in uh, probably 55 or 56 and he definitely gave a lot of warnings, many of which have turned out to be true. Yeah, I think it's interesting. When I saw this question as well, um, it reminded me of um, the Rendlesham Forest incident in the 1980s, which I know you're extremely familiar with. Mm. And um, particularly a recent show I think he did with Rex Baird and the Leak Project, where he claimed that that was actually a broken arrow incident. I think that's the word he used, meaning a poorly guarded nuclear weapon, which I think gives even more credence to the, you know, to that UFO sighting, if that's what these advanced extraterrestrials are worried about, and we know that they are. They, they definitely are, and there have been many sightings connected to, nearby, or around nuclear uh, plants, around uh, military installations, and so on, for that very reason. Uh, and I think also, just to pick up on what you said there about the different practices we have been given, you know, it's, um, we, 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 well, I certainly sometimes tend to forget that the, the sort of the versatility and the power of them, um, and, you know, the fact that we've been given them by these extraterrestrial intelligences, them knowing the kind of risks and the dangers that we were creating for ourselves at that time. And I think it, it goes even more to show the tremendous wisdom and, wisdom and compassion too. Couldn't agree more. Great note to end on. Thank you all for listening to the show. And always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, Materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Well, welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show again, and uh, I'm glad to say we're going to be joined, as we always are, by our producer, Darren Ball, who's behind the controls as we speak and preparing to play our weekly extract from the Nine Freedoms, that great knowledge, the greatest of all teaching, I believe, in these days of its kind, uh, ever given, Um, and it's the uh, transmissions are delivered by Mars Sector 6, a great lord, through the mediumship of Dr. George King, of course. And I must say, doing this show, and I I know I've talked to Darren about this, and he feels the same way, it's been an absolute 
education. It's been an enlightening process, I must say, for me. I hope it has been for you as a listener. It certainly has been for me. I've really started to see aspects of this teaching. And I've read the book, The Nine Freedoms, well over 100 times before I started on this show. Uh, I've come to light great depth, uh, massive revelations, momentous, world-transforming revelations, all the way through to just very, very helpful tips, advice, and so on. And today, we're going to look again at the fourth freedom. We're going to look at six ways to cultivate enlightenment. Originally, I was going to do that in one show, but uh, that wasn't a good idea because it turns out as you always find, and there's something Dr. King himself said, you only need to take one sentence of a great teaching and you've got, you could talk for hours. Don't worry, this is a 15-minute show. But you could bring so many revelations from it. So last year, we, we did cover the fourth freedom enlightenment in considerable depth. And in it, Mars Sector 6 spells out for us exactly what we need to do to become enlightened. No ifs or buts. You can make that predetermined decision, and if you do, and you put enough energy behind the procedures that are required, you will gain enlightenment. It may not happen in this life, but it could. It's going to happen in one life. We can't keep saying it won't happen in this life, because in one life it will. And he tells us what we can do, providing we expend this energy. And in the past, mystery schools would identify which students have the capacity or even the destiny to find this but now times have changed the opportunities are far greater and the doors of the mystery schools have been opened and I would actually say greater teachings even than were in those mystery schools are now available to us through the 12 blessings and through the nine freedoms just to name two and we have Many ways also to radiate power and to radiate energy. And so enlightenment is something, Mars Sector 6 tells us, we can all attain if we follow these set procedures. And we outlined those procedures last year in two shows. One was about the physical and mental steps to enlightenment, and the other was about the psychic and intuitive steps. But after he delivered these, in great balance, and I would say compassion, Mars Sector 6 tells us how we can cultivate this enlightenment that we're working towards. And he gives us ways to tend it. These aren't the actual steps, but they're ways to tend the flower, if you like, in the Garden of Enlightenment. So I'm going to ask Darren now to play you this extract from the fourth freedom delivered by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. George King. The Freedom Enlightenment is the fruit of which I can be cultivated in the spiritual garden of terrestrial man if he tends it with sufficient care, sufficient kindness, sufficient patience, sufficient tolerance. If he tends it with intelligence, 
if he tends it by manipulating his karmic pattern through the right service, this will grow, will blossom, and will bear all fruits. So there are six keys given to us there, and we're going to cover the first two this week. Sufficient care and sufficient kindness. And the word is sufficient. It's not unlimited. That's a very interesting word. Uh, he's not saying you should have unlimited care, unlimited kindness, enough. I think one could have too much of these things and it could slow one down and it could even dissipate the state. But sufficient care, sufficient kindness, sufficient patience, sufficient tolerance, that's essential. And of course, sufficient care sounds obvious, but how often have you had a wonderful experience and then allowed it to slip through your fingers? And one way you can do that is by talking too much about it to the wrong people. And it depends how strong you are in your faith and in your belief, uh, but you can dissipate it and you can even lose some of the essence of it. And if you're not strong, the doubts and the fear of others can tarnish your genuine state of spiritual being, maybe, that you had in that experience in one way or another. Now, sometimes we have to do that. Those of us who teach, those of us who appear in the media, those of us who go to forums, sometimes we have to debate. And it's not ideal for us as individuals, actually. But it is more important because we can serve others uh, by doing so and give forth the various teachings. But just remember that it's only one aspect of sufficient care. Uh, I would advise you against sharing too widely your personal spiritual experiences with people who, maybe without even realizing it, might tarnish them. And they might be close family or friends, and you love them, but it doesn't mean they're going to understand or appreciate yet the growing state of enlightenment which is coming about within you. Sufficient care. And the other one we're going to cover this week, sufficient kindness. And I think that means kindness to yourself as well as to others. Uh, this might surprise you because the aim of enlightenment is actually to transmute the lower self. But sometimes you even need to treat that with a certain kindness, rather as you might a lost soul, rather than with severity. And you've, we've seen that in certain parts, uh, really uh, hammering themselves with great penance and guilt and so on, uh, as though they were attacking an enemy. Sometimes kindness, sufficient kindness, uh, can help. Not too much, but sufficient kindness. We need to be kind to others, of course, as we develop our uh, enlightenment. And I think we can see many examples in history of, of, of perhaps geniuses in the arts, or several, who were not kind in their private lives. Uh, genius being a step on the way to adeptship. It's below adeptship. And a, an adept is a genius at many things. But even some highly inspired great people have not shown kindness. They're, perhaps their whole focus uh, has prevented that. 
And we have to make sure we don't get detuned from our main purpose, but it'll help us to temper, to control in a very balanced way this flow of inspiration that's going on within us as we're treading the path towards enlightenment. Although we might feel we're a long way from being enlightened, we have to start somewhere and we can do it now by showing care and kindness to others and towards ourselves without, and this is the absolute key, without slowing down or in any way impeding our spiritually directed work. Um, you know, you there is an old saying, you have to be cruel to be kind, and occasionally that also could be true. So it's, uh, it's about the amount, sufficient kindness, that's the key that we're given here. The inspiration, the mission of service, if you like, comes first, but it needs to be tended, as Mars Sector 6 advises, with care and will and with kindness. And then we'll surely be on the road to enlightenment, Darren. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Yeah, another great example today, as you say, of how much there is to unpack from just a few lines in the text. We haven't even made it halfway through that paragraph there. No. I think, yes. uh, when we start to realize, you know, how deliberate Mars Sector 6 has been deliberate in his choice of words, you know, you highlighted sufficient there. I think that's a really good point to take away is that it causes us to pay much closer attention, I think, to each word that he uses, you know, for that reason. Absolutely. Uh, so for listeners tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the nine freedoms, uh, what they are and how they were given at ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. Uh, thank you to everyone, of course, for writing in with your questions and sharing your experiences, including your own moments of truth. And do keep them coming in so that I can share them here on air. Uh, you can reach us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk um, with those questions, comments, and experiences. So this week, uh, Richard, we have a question that ties back to a, rich, a recent show we did on uh, dispensing fear with right knowledge. And specifically, um, mm. we were talking, I think, at that point about knowledge, reincarnation, and, and life after death, and you right. know, how, might, how that might change our perspective and even the way that we might live our lives. Indeed. So this person says, you know, I truly agree with what you've said about reincarnation. I lost my dad about eight years ago, and I often dream about him. Although he was quite old when he died, any time I see him, he looks quite young. Mm -hmm. And he told me there's life after this world. So I wanted to ask, why is it that we all come back to this realm? Right. Well, first of all, may I say that there are a number of people who've had dreams, some very convincing dreams, uh, in which they're meeting a loved one because they're not dreams at all, not dreams as we understand them. They, ca they can be out-of-body experiences that you aren't consciously controlling, but you're going to a place uh, it's happened to me many times, as well as conscious uh, experiences, many times in so-called dreams, and to hundreds, thousands, probably millions of others too. So it does sound to me like this questioner did indeed meet their father in what they thought mm. was a dream, but it wasn't really a dream. And uh, yes, of course, on the other realms, which is where he would be now, you can uh, revert to much younger body, Sometimes a body, much as you might have looked in your 40s or 50s, it all depends. Um, and why do we need to come back to this realm is the key question. Why do we then need to reincarnate, having waited on the other realms for a period of time? And the reason for that is on this realm, everyone's mixed together. On the other realms, you're with people of like evolution. Uh, you're, you're with people of like mind, you might say. Um, if you have a a good mind and you're a decent person, that's good news. Uh, but here you, you've got uh, in the same century Gandhi and Hitler. You know, everybody and, and lots, everything in between. 
Uh, and so you can gain certain types of experience on this realm that you cannot gain anywhere else, and they're essential experiences. And also, you will come back possibly of a different sex, in all likelihood of a different race, um, because we have to gain all kind. You know, one thing that would disappear if people understood reincarnation is racism, don't you think, Darren? Because it's nonsense, oh, yeah. uh, because we've all been all races, uh, and it, it's the most absurd thing there is, I think. Any kind of ism, it must be, because it's, they're all based on our ignorance of oneness and understanding that we are connected to each other and have and have been. You know, anyone who we may be treating poorly in this life or, you know, have negative perspectives about in this life. I think when we, as you say, when we start to realize not only our oneness, but our relatedness to all things and the fact that we have been all, you know, all these different um people ourselves it's it's a completely life-changing perspective and i think the master said you know war would seem nonsensical um any anything you might do not to not even to serve another would also be nonsensical couldn't agree more and that brings us to the close of our show and to remember the great quote the motto if you like service is the jewel in the rock of attainment The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. So we're going to carry on with our six ways to cultivate enlightenment, which we started last week. We covered the first two, sufficient care, sufficient kindness. And these are based on a statement made by Mars Sector 6 in the fourth freedom delivered through Dr. George King. And it's an alteration of the vibrational level of our entire consciousness. That's what enlightenment is. It includes the aura to a higher level of frequency. So it's in fact a transmutation of mind energy upwards into a state of being which we call enlightenment. So these aren't the steps to attaining that state. These are ways to cultivate it, to tend it, to nurture it. And we're given six of them. We're going to look at two more this week. So we want to avoid dissipation, contamination. We want to bring about control, which is not easy when we're dealing with the force of Kundalini and the awakening of higher chakras. We're going to need all the advice we can get. So we've looked at the first two. We're going to look at the others. But before we do that, let's hear again that extract in which Mars Sector 6 gives us this extremely valuable guidance. The freedom... Enlightenment is the fruit of which can be cultivated in the spiritual garden of terrestrial man if he tends it with sufficient 
a care, sufficient kindness, sufficient patience, sufficient tolerance, if he tends it with intelligence, if he tends it by manipulating his karmic pattern through the right service, this will grow, will blossom, and will bear all fruits. So now we're on to the third way, and we need to practice it now, so that when enlightenment really does start to dawn, we're prepared for it. And that third way here is sufficient patience. Now let's talk about someone who was really enlightened. In fact, he was above the stage of enlightenment described in the fourth freedom, and that is Dr. George King. And he sometimes described himself as bad-tempered. I think that was very modest of him, and I told him so at the time, actually. How difficult it must have been for him to be as enlightened, as advanced in cosmic wisdom even, as he was, and to be surrounded by people who didn't have a clue when compared to him. And I don't just mean the people of Earth as a whole, although that was a massive, I believe, a massive disappointment to him and something that caused him real grief as well as frustration. Uh, it, it almost broke his heart. The uh, ignorance, the rejection of great wisdom by humanity as a whole, he knew that he was revealing the greatest thing the earth had ever seen, uh, and yet that that world, for the most part, didn't recognize it. How patient would you have to be to continue on doggedly in the face of that? And even those close to him couldn't see the real significance, uh, were way behind him. And he told me personally on several occasions how difficult it was for him to be patient with others whose minds lagged way behind his. And may I say that, of course, you can do that by slowing yourself down, but if you slow yourself down, then you slow your mission down, you slow your, your wisdom down, and you can't or you don't choose and you shouldn't choose to do that. In fact, that's even more important, actually, than being patient with the people around you. So it's being patient while not slowing down yourself. I think that's quite a, a thing, especially for someone like Dr. King. But the lesson is there for all of us. And of course, the more enlightened you are, the greater powers of concentration and realization uh, uh, will need to be. I mean, I'm not going to agree with the English playwright Ben Johnson, if you've ever heard of him in the 17th century, who described patience as the asinine virtue. It's not. It's a wonderful quality. And the more enlightened we become, the more we'll need it. But you can see almost where he was coming from. It's much easier to be patient when you're less intelligent person in the company of a more intelligent person than it is the other way around. And the less intelligent person probably won't know that they're less intelligent, which requires even more patience. How much more so than when you are enlightened? So there is, though, another aspect of this, which is 
as I mentioned, not to let those who are less enlightened deflect you from your purpose because you are more obligated than they are to pursue it because, as the old saying God goes, God expects more from those who are closer to him, or I should say it. So the enlightened person who's engaged in service in the world, and this day and age every enlightened person will be engaged in service to the world, uh, that person has to keep that going as well. So we have sufficient patience, and I'm only giving aspects of these. I'm sure you could probably think of many others. Again, the word sufficient, though, not unlimited patience, but sufficient, sufficient care, sufficient kindness, a great balance. And now we have the fourth one, sufficient tolerance. An enlightened person should be recognized by everyone on Earth. Uh, They would be on certain other planets, uh, and they would be on the higher mental realms actually of this planet. That's the levels above us. We've talked about those before, where the more advanced souls pass on their demise. But on this realm, with its war, its greed, its cruelty, its ignorance, those few souls who have demonstrated their enlightenment are generally not recognized, at least in their own lifetimes. The people who are recognized are people who are more popular, more appealing, more understandable to the, sorry to put it this way, the ordinary person. A more enlightened person, probably it'll go way above the heads very often. Uh, At the time, sometimes they get recognized, of course, a lot later. And that requires them to be tolerant because they know uh, of the truth they're they're realizing and they have to be tolerant of those around them who don't. Uh, In fact, they might even be decried. So they, again, don't accept the standards of the ordinary person, but they have to tolerate the situation they find themselves in, they aren't going to go into retreat because, as the mastery theorist memorably put it in 1960 through Dr. King, and I quote, today it is service in the noise, service in the clatter, service in the foulness, in the smell, in the ignorance of mankind. Uh, I think those words spoken through Dr. King to a public audience sum up the situation perfectly. In the past, an aspirant would seek out a beautiful, harmonious setting, but today we are in the noise, the clatter, the foulness, the smell, by the way, can be a psychic smell, and the ignorance, and that has to be tolerated. You can't fight it. It has to be tolerated in order to serve. So these are different aspects of sufficient tolerance. We've heard sufficient care, sufficient kindness, Again, the word sufficient being crucial. Uh, As we've heard, and we hear every week, actually, from the voice of Lisa Rosser, who introduces the show, materialism counts for nothing on this show, but material things do count for something. We have to use them to exist, and we use them to give effective service to others. It's when you go too far and you fall into that trap and you think they are the be-all and end-all You've fallen over the edge into the precipice of materialism. So I think we have here, again, a very balanced approach advocated by Mars Sector 6, not as the road to enlightenment, but as ways to nurture that enlightenment as we tread that road. And I think it's vice, which as far as I'm concerned anyway, is far more valuable than it might seem at first sight. What think you, Darren Ball? 
Yeah, I think what you've um, what you said there has really struck me, Richard, because it makes me think. You know, it's not just not just of the patience of Dr. King um, and what he, you know the patience he showed with people who were on side, as it were, on board with spirituality, but people who were downright hostile, even rude in their ignorance, and as you say, would have decried him in his time. And hmm. gosh, you know, it's it's like it's one thing, you know, to 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 face that as an ordinary individual, but for someone who knows, who realizes their oneness with all things, and can see that godliness that spark of god in all people even those actively you know challenging you being rude ignorant and trying to take you down is it's uh it, yeah it's difficult to imagine remarkable what that would be like. absolutely remarkable yeah. yeah anyway for listeners tuning in for the first time the nine freedoms is a series of profound spiritual teachings given by an advanced extraterrestrial intelligence known as mars sector six and you can find out more about the nine freedoms what they are and how they were given at ethereus.org that's a-e-t-h-e-r-i-u-s.org Rich and I really do appreciate hearing from everybody who's listening, especially your questions and your experiences. And uh, I do pick out something to share on every show. So if you haven't written to us yet, uh, do drop us a line at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk with those questions, comments, or even your own moment of truth that you'd like to share. So this week, Richard, we have a question, another uh, actually an experience that I wanted to share from somebody, um, which yep. I thought was, was particularly remarkable. It goes yes. as such. A number of years ago, because of my husband's job, we had to move about 250 miles north into a new community. I did not know anyone in this new place and was determined to create a new life for myself, which I did. I decided to try and get spiritual healing into the local hospital and through a sequence of events, eventually met the vice president of nursing of this hospital. She could not openly support me, but would behind the scenes help as best she could in a community where spiritual healing was considered work of the devil. She arranged for me to meet with all the department heads at the hospital to give a talk on spiritual healing, and I gave my first talk ever on spiritual healing. She said, if any of the department heads agree after the, after the talk to allow me on their floor, that is where I could give healing. After my talk, I was asked to give a demonstration of healing treatment. I said that I would do kind of like a mock-up only, as were all the strangers staring at me in close quarters. I was just too nervous to do the real thing. So I demonstrated what I would do, and at one point said, you know, if the patient had a shoulder problem, I would place my hands on her shoulder, and I rested my hands on her shoulder two or three times when I was explaining these things. And after the meeting, I got a call from the vice president of nursing, and she said all the people were quite excited, because every time I placed my hands on my patient, the pain that the patient was known to have in her shoulder went away. So I was now allowed to walk the halls of the medical surgical floor to give spiritual healing with the approval of the head nurse I'd given that mock demonstration to. Wow, what a wonderful account. Thank you so much for sharing that with us on the Spiritual Freedom Show. I think actually, Darren, interestingly, uh, there's a lesson there in tolerance on both sides because the healer was yes. tolerant of this absolute nonsense that healing comes from the devil, didn't stop her anyway going in and, and doing it. And actually the medical authority with their various prejudices or disbeliefs or what have you still could see the results, saw them and let her do it. So I think that's a, a wonderful case, don't you? I definitely do. And I think it also demonstrates a certain courage on behalf of the healer here. Indeed. You know, in the face, yeah. in the face of disbelief, in the face of, you know, yeah. you know, you can imagine the real nervousness and anxiety they would have felt, you know, having to demonstrate in front of people who just, you know, were, you know, might have might as well have scoffed at what she was doing. And yet here she is. Yeah. She's gone through with it. Um, yeah. And she's got a real results. Yeah. First freedom, bravery. Wonderful. Well done, that that person. Yeah, excellent. Well, I think that's a great and very, very positive example, actually, which we can all sort of follow in, in many ways and take out in one way or another. It might not be healing. It might be teaching. It might be sharing wisdom. And uh, sometimes we have to do that. And sometimes it's, we, as I said last 
time, you know, we were not going to be popular for it. So uh, in doing that, let's remember the words we always close, close with. Service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. So this is the third part of our series we've been running for the last two shows, Six Ways to Cultivate Enlightenment. The third and final part in that, uh, we'll look at the fifth and sixth ways, uh, which were given in some extremely valuable advice delivered by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. George King in the fourth freedom. And it's about how to cultivate and tend to the fruit of enlightenment. And as always, Mars Sector 6 is very deliberate about the words he chooses. And in this case, he gives us six ways to do this. He's already described before this the steps we have to take. And now, in great balance, he shares certain specific qualities we're going to need. And if we didn't need them, he wouldn't tell us to do it. Of that, we can be sure. So let's listen then for the last time to the extract, which is behind all these three shows. Uh, and it is taken, as I say, from the fourth freedom. The freedom enlightenment is the fruit of which I can be cultivated in the spiritual garden of terrestrial man if he tends it with sufficient care, sufficient kindness, sufficient patience, sufficient tolerance. If he tends it with intelligence, if he tends it by manipulating his karmic pattern through the right service, this will grow, will blossom, and will bear all fruits. All fruits. That's a wonderful promise. And in the previous show, we looked at the first four ways, sufficient care, sufficient kindness, sufficient patience and sufficient tolerance, uh, with an emphasis on the word sufficient, not uh, unlimited. And we now come on to the fifth quality with which we need to tend this fruit. And it's a very important one indeed. And it's quite simply 
intelligence, a rare one, I should say. I mean, you could say an enlightened person is intelligent by definition, but along the way, the journey requires the right decisions, the right choices. Sometimes they're practical ones. Sometimes they require that very uncommon thing, common sense. Because you can see a lack of common sense often among spiritually minded people, an impracticality, an inability to deal with the physical demands of this lowly plane, the material demands. I knew a magazine publisher who was not a member of the Ethereum Society, but he was advanced enough to be guided by higher beings in his goal of making spiritual knowledge available to people. But his decisions from a financial point of view were, well, putting, say unwise, would put it mildly, he ended up losing his house over this magazine. I know of spiritually minded people who have been reckless, and of course that stopped his goal. Uh, and he couldn't achieve it. I know of spiritually minded people who've been reckless with their health, uh, just haven't taken practical measures they could have taken, and this stopped them in their tracks. So intelligence can be quite a rare thing among those walking the path towards enlightenment, and sometimes it can be a well-motivated but unintelligent decision which prevents them from reaching their goal. This is very valuable advice here, and it's important in how we apply the knowledge we're starting to gain. Remember Dr. King once quoted a statement, and I believe it was made by a high court judge, that you should tell the truth, but you can't always tell the whole truth. He actually made it clear, Dr. King, that most of us wouldn't be able to apply that correctly, and we should indeed tell the whole truth. But as you become more enlightened and your knowledge is greatly enhanced, you need intelligence as to how much and when to reveal it. And sometimes you have to do things uh, that may not appear to be right, but your intelligence says they are. I'll give you an example. Swami Sivananda gives one, the great 20th century yoga master. He said, to speak an untruth, to save the life of a Mahatma or one's guru who has been unjustly charged by an unjust officer of state is the right thing to do. Because he said in that case, an untruth becomes a truth. And you can think of other examples like this. You can also think of examples where, you know, that law thou shalt, and let's hope these things never happen to any of us. It's very unlikely that they will. Uh, but if you should suddenly find yourself in a situation uh, that uh, the only way you can stop a murderer from killing several people would be to kill them, then the law thou shalt not kill, of course, gets changed. This is just applying intelligence. Those are extreme examples, but we have to... Uh, not uh, fall into the trap uh, of withholding knowledge to make our life easier or because we don't want to share it or because it's more comfortable not to talk about it. Not that, not that at all, but to be intelligent about how and when to reveal and apply the wisdom we're starting to gain. And in the Ethereum Society, we have certain information we don't give, such as classified uh, details of equipment we use and so on, because it could be misused. And that's something that Dr. King made very, very clear indeed. So intelligence, absolutely vital, intending the fruit of our developing enlightenment. In fact, if we don't apply it, it could curtail our progress. So there's a little warning there too. Now, finally, to the sixth point, and that is an enormous one, manipulating our karmic pattern through the right service. And I want to stress that word right, 
He Marsex says doesn't say manipulating karmic pattern through service. He says through the right service. There's a world of difference. You might ask, what is the right service? And it's not necessarily the one that interests you most or the one you want to do that suits your temperament or certainly not the one that will add to your prosperity or relationships. The right service is the one through which you can do the greatest good for the world as a whole. And sometimes it's inconvenient. But that's where your enlightenment really comes in, because that will show us what the right service is, even if others can't see it. And we mustn't get put off by issues of personality or location or really superficial points. But I think there's something else here too. As we start to really advance towards enlightenment, we will start to gain certain powers. Those powers will vary from person to person. Uh, Hopefully, they'll be healing powers, prayer powers, uh, but loosely, they could come under the category of psychic powers. Now, this isn't the goal, and it's certainly not the destination. And if we think we've arrived, and then we really are uh, losing our way. Uh, In fact, the enlightened person is the one who often thinks, They're very aware how unenlightened they really are. That's a mark of enlightenment. There's a paradox there. But the ascended master Saint Guling advised that we should develop psychic abilities and then reject all of them which can't be used in service. So this point of service as the sixth way of tending the fruit of enlightenment, of cultivating enlightenment, is very helpful in purifying our motive, in keeping us, if you like, on the straight and narrow and not getting stuck with some of the temptations. Another one could be bliss. And some people get stuck in bathing in their own bliss rather than using it, coming out of it, to share it with others. And then we will manipulate karma, not as a selfish goal, but as a wonderful uh, result of being unselfish. And I think you can see that of all the six ways, this is the most important one by far. It's one thing to be humble and selfless when you don't have much capacity to demonstrate outstanding capabilities or powers. But as we approach enlightenment, we start to have capabilities. We still need to remain humble and selfless in how we use them, namely in service. And although that's not our main reason for serving, we will then manipulate karma And that brings us much closer to enlightenment. And I want to bring in now our producer, Darren Bull. What say you today, Darren? Yeah, thanks, Richard. Yeah, I think it's an underestimated point you've made there, you know, having the mental clarity and the attachment to truth above other things to stick with right service, as as Mars Sector 6 calls it, is harder than it looks, I think. And uh, it's easy to be deluded or to delude yourself um, with reasons why one path or no path even may be better than another when it really isn't. And it's a trap, you know, we all have to avoid. So, yeah, it's re- that really st- st- stuck with me, you know, based on what you said there. And the more enlightened uh, we are, the more we'll recognize that right path too, of course. Absolutely. So this compounding um, result of truth, you know, as we continue yeah. to pursue more truth, make sacrifices for and devote ourselves to truth, the more that we will start to, um, yeah, be able to recognize it in our lives and, and follow it to our destiny here in enlightenment. Indeed, indeed. Well, for listeners tuning in for the first time, The Nine Freedoms is a series of profound spiritual teachings given by an advanced extraterrestrial intelligence known as Mars Sector 6. And you can find out more about The Nine Freedoms, what they are, how they were given at ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. 
Uh, Rich and I uh, like to thank everyone for writing in with your questions and sharing your experiences, including your moments of truth, one of which we have today. Uh, so do keep them coming in so I can share them uh, here on air with other people to help inspire them too. You can drop us a line at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk with any of those questions, comments, or experiences that you'd like to share. So this this uh, moment of truth I'd like to share here, Richard, I think is um, one that really struck me. Um, and uh, they say this, I'm a, a Reiki master and teacher. Uh, also, I followed Buddhism for about 15 years. After taking my Reiki master course, I turned to Buddhism, and I have and I'm still studying this law of one. I've just lost my wife after 40 years of marriage, and this caused me depression and mental breakdown about, four, about six years ago. We had no children. I had no family myself. I was an orphan. So I have been on my own. Uh, my f- business folded due to my mental breakdown. But I feel I've been awakened now. I feel I'm ready to dedicate myself to helping the people of the world to reach enlightenment and to help all life forms in this solar system and universe to understand and love each other. And my main thought and desire now is to serve others with help, love, and respect for the betterment of the world. And I hope this helps to explain my attitude to life at this moment in time. Wow, how wonderful. And it's not the first time I've come across that, Darren, where people have had either great health challenges, either physically or mentally, but out of them has come a great spiritual realization and they've redirected their path virtually. So it goes to show that these things, these crises in life, painful as they can be, can also also trigger some great turn turnaround really in people's lives. Yeah, I mean, I think you know evidence here of real difficulty, real heartbreak, and I think you know as you said, there's created this crucible of transformation for this person, and they've emerged with this you know outstanding aspiration um, to serve others, and um, yeah. you know having realized what what we're really here to do, and I think that's yeah, it, it's, they deserve to be commended for that, and for sharing this experience with others, which I think yeah, thanks for sharing it, and the more people share, the more we'll always share your experiences, and uh, or rather Darren will on these shows. And that brings to an end, Darren, this uh, three-part series looking at the six ways to cultivate enlightenment, sufficient care, sufficient kindness, sufficient patience, sufficient tolerance, intelligence, and manipulating the karmic pattern through the right service. Um, I think it's it's an example, really, where we can hone in on one or two sentences, as Dr. King said so many years ago and bring out the great jewels and gems that lie there and i've only been able to just give some examples i'm sure the more you ponder these words and contemplate on them the more you will be able to bring to so thank you very much for listening again Uh, we'll be getting into something else next week but in the meantime i leave you with those words taken from the third freedom our motto service is the jewel in the rock of attainment.